Welcome back to another episode of the Brothers Book Club Podcast. Travis here. We are on our 11th episode of Book Reviews. Ryan's on the other end. Yep. He's here. Just, just um, cruising. I'm here without uh, without any sake, though, sadly. That's right. This will be a sober episode for us. We're recording on a Monday night, so yeah, you got to keep things professional during the weekdays. You know, keep it a little buttoned up. Yeah, we'll take it easy, I think, this one. Yeah, we'll save the sake for later, for when we have a tree yeah. to sit under. If we haven't spoiled it by now, uh, if you're listening to this, we're reviewing another Penguin Classic today. Today it's a um, collection of musings. I mean, it's a short fic- or a nonfiction collection. I guess you could call them brief little essays, though that word doesn't feel totally right. But it's a collection by Kenko. Yeah. Yep. It's more it- like a kind of meditations, I would say. Or like uh, musings, sure. Short reflections, yeah, definitely. Yes. Definitely, there's a touch of philosophy to it, but I don't think Kenko in these is trying to hammer out anything specific or um, concrete, so to speak. And the collection that Penguin has is called The Cup of Sake Beneath the Cherry Trees. So that's the that's where the references are coming from. And um, I feel like I'm under a tree right now, nice and serene, very relaxed. <laughs> taking it easy that's right and i'm ready to chat uh so let's dig into some reviews um <laughs> we start our episodes with book reviews uh short and sweet ryan what do you got how did you find the collection here i liked it i feel like it's kind of like a common theme that we're discovering where a lot of these short stories that were not sh- even Stories are, you know, everything that's been written a couple hundred years ago is still surprisingly relevant. And this was uh, very, very relevant to me. Like, very relatable. A lot of the topics he covered, I was just like, yeah, that, you know, that still makes a lot of sense. That still applies. So I thought that was interesting and great and good. I think, yeah, I mean, part of the, I guess one of the major goals of this book podcast project is to recommend things. That was something we talked about doing more of and that's why we're going for more reviews now but yeah i find him as a person it seems very recommendable and yeah whether you want to tie that into a 2019 thing or you know if you're listening to this podcast on the moon or mars in 2090 who knows uh i think also will be relevant it's sort of a he is a sort of everlasting Gosh, I don't want to say wisdom because it just feels like the simplest corny thing to say, but he has observations that are uh, worth worth adhering to. My my review is similar. Um, This is the friend who is a monk and you never knew you needed. I mean, most of us are, gosh, I don't want to speak for all people, but most people I know don't have a monk friend. And I think this is the one that you need to converse with that you didn't know you did. It's warm, it's honest, it's honestly contradictory at times, which I sort of enjoyed in a, in a way, and uh, I found it quite, I don't know, life-affirming to read. It was an excellent little collection. Shall we jump back in with some quotes? Do you want me to go first this week, or you wrote down specifically here that this compact little collection has, it's got 20 or so pages out of 50 of just quotable quotes. Do you want to start with one? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I think this one was another one of those where I probably tried to save, you know, some some of my favorite quotes bookmarked. And I think I had like fifteen or twenty pages bookmarked. Where a lot of these, uh, a lot of these little stories had like so much good, honest uh, thought in them that I found myself marking like a ton of different pages. But um, one that resonated. And I feel like this relates to like not only my own work, but a lot of like creative, if you're a writer or an artist, uh, on page 23, it says something not quite finished is very appealing, a gesture towards the future. And I felt like that just had such a, that's such a fantastic way to say, you know, I'm okay with this, uh, this thing I'm working on being unfinished. I'm cool with that. I feel like so many artists or writers would twist that back to say something unfinished feels like a brick that's slowly crushing down my skull, <laughs> a weight, a weight around my neck. <laughs> it, it, fair it, it cannot be moved. Immovable. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. I think, um, he, I think I like then how he goes on to say that, um, <laughs> someone told me that even in the construction of the Imperial Palace, some part is always left uncompleted. I found that to be very interesting. It was an excellent example. Yeah. Kind of oddly provocative and yeah. mysterious. Yeah. It was yeah. In all cool. things, perfect regularity is tasteless. That's how he begins it. I thought that was pretty good. That's certainly, yeah, that that statement I could yeah get behind. Important to innovate. I think, um, I mean, we mentioned this in the very beginning in the brief reviews, but he has a ton of quotes in here that are, kind of the embodiment of nothing ever changes and i pulled this one i don't know why it stood out above the others but i pulled from 43 and delightful too to sit about drinking and lamenting the lack of a suitable snack <laughs> i think that's everyone has been in that extremely frustrating situation the most recent one for me that comes to mind was at your wedding oddly which was like yep. now a year ago but i'll never forget calling i called the Domino's at three <laughs> in the morning that was in canada and was like please i'll do anything <laughs> if you deliver and they're like sir we're not gonna drive it would take us like an hour to get across the border we don't deliver to america and i just was on the phone with them for way too long i remember you telling me that do you was there not enough food i remember uh I think I had quite a bit to eat. No, well, that's... A, oh, no, you, there was totally enough food. I was just a fool, and, you know, when the revelry gets going, I just often don't pause to think about eating anything. Yeah. It's only, you know, it's only at the very end, when it, not, the night has wound down, that I sit, you know, stare at myself and sit and think, I really should eat <laughs> something now. Anyway. Yeah. I could eat. I could eat, and then more. I lament the lack of a good snack. <laughs> and then I eat those ten dollar bag of chips at the at the hotel in my hotel room, you know. And each one's kind of like the most mediocre potato chips. They're actually pretty good. You know, potato chips will, or any type of chip will never do it. That's like uh, you're setting yourself up for a disappointment. A chip is never going to satisfy. Yeah, I don't know what Kenko. I don't know what he was eating under the cherry trees, but it, potato chips don't, they don't sit in the stomach like you need them to. They don't, they don't put no, you down. It's just like, uh, I don't know. I've got some friends that love potato chips, but I, I, I don't know. I can't get behind it. I feel like they're just like, uh, they just make you hungrier for like real food. Yeah. Yeah. A food tease as it were. Um, but going back to that, I think, yeah, Kenko, he did say, cause I pulled a pretty similar quote. Cause it kind of reminded me of um, like what we do together over the holidays. He said, it's also quite delightful to sit across from a close friend in a cozy nook in winter, roasting food over the coals and drinking sake together. I mean, that is, 
so true, but also sounds like he's eating like something roasted. So he's cooking his food over an open fire. I oh, think. sure. Yeah. Nice, nice leg of something or a nice chicken or something tasty. He's definitely not eating potato chips. No, no, not worthy of a roast over an open flame. That is a great, that quote is kind of cozy. Yeah, yeah, it just it has like a familiar feel to it. I don't know. I pulled it because I feel like that's what you and I have been doing like over, it's like the Christmas holiday. It's what everybody does. Yeah, I think in the winter time, of, it's a good time for a holiday break. I mean, no matter the, obviously there's a lot of different religious holidays, but anytime the winter comes around, it's time to hunker down and get with the people you know and just make some food yeah it kind of um kind of also makes me think of like imagine like 300 years ago you're brave in the elements it probably gets freezing cold in parts of japan and like that that has to just feel so good it's like a universal feeling where it's like man you just come inside and you just get warm and cook something and just like have a couple drinks right yeah get, just friend. get a little toasty yeah and find yourself yeah. warmed up that's got to be one of the best feelings. I think, yeah, truly. Yeah, I will definitely yeah. not disagree with you. I Yeah, so I, I had to pull that I one. I have a quote here in kind of in the same vein as the Pinterest, though it's not not for Pinterest. Um, it's more of a tint. It's always for Pinterest. Well, I mean, indeed, what are we doing here? That's the goal. <laughs> That's <laughs> It's all for that. It's all for that. Yes. <laughs> I feel like too. I feel like I just need to say publicly. I know that you and I are like seven years behind on like thinking Pinterest is cool, but I think that's part of the charm of our podcast is we'll always be about seven years behind, whatever the trend is. Yeah, yeah. And somehow by the end, by the time we hit eighty volumes, uh, who knows? Maybe this thing with Pinterest will have escalated, and maybe Pinterest one day will sponsor. I hope front, who front knows? page it's a podcast. Here we go. It's, a, it's a Pinterest podcast now. Happily, yeah. happily, call me. <laughs> Um, I, pu- I pulled yep. one for Tinder, though. Uh, Tinder, putting Tinder on notice, which, it, see, and this is the thing. Is Tinder even the face of dating apps now? It's it's not even, I, but it's whatever. It's the- I, I, think it, I, I think it's time might have passed, even though this is coming from a man with zero experience on dating apps. Right, yeah. So if I'm saying it's time has passed, then I feel like seven years ago it's time probably yeah, passed. Yeah, tri- triply so. So, yeah. Putting dating apps on notice then, yeah. is this quote. Uh, All of them. This yeah. is a long one. If you can never linger beneath the clouded moon on a plum-scented evening, nor find yourself recalling the dawns when you made your way home through the dew-soaked grasses by her gate after a night of love, you had best not aspire to be a lover at all. It's He's really setting up goals there for all of us to appreciate the love that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a monk, I, I you know, I didn't, I did a you know, quick Wikipedia search for him. I don't know what his love life was or his, you know, romantic interests were. Um, but he seems to have a tenderness yep. there that I respected. And uh, he, he knows that if you're going to be uh, love in love, you have to at least be willing to be love lorn. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. It kind of, it's like the Ron Swanson. It's like, you got to know what you're about. It's like, if you know, then you know, but I, I really did like the, uh, the dew soaked grass part. I mean, kind of reminds you of like, you know, when you were a kid, you were growing up, you were like sneaking out of your house. I mean, I know I was. Right. And, uh, you know, coming, like coming home in the morning, like before school or whatever, it's still dark out. Eh, That kind of resonated, struck a chord. I don't know if... I could relate to that. I don't know if this is like some, you know, primordial human thing or primal human thing. What is it about falling in love or being in romantic love that makes... 
your the hours seem odder. Like you get up at weirder hours. I guess it's just because you spend a lot of late nights, you know, with your with whoever you're in love with. And then it's like, why am I up at five a.m. Yeah. or what? What am I doing? Why am I, you know, why am I awake when the dew-soaked grass yeah. is out? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the question you ask yourself, dude. I don't know, man. I think that's what Kanko was getting to. There's something about it. Yeah, he found something there. He did. Did you have any other quotes? Yeah. I had. I think I pulled two more. There was a really good one that I pulled about um, uh, being hungover, <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. So it's talking about, you know, when is a good or not a good time to be drinking sake? And he goes, um, right into the next day, his head hurts. He can't eat. He lies there groaning with all memory of the previous day gone as if, <laughs> as if it were a former life. He neglects essential duties, both public and private, with disastrous effects. <laughs> I just found that to be so true and so simply put it's quite a challenge to say that your hangover has to lead to disastrous effects but i feel like i've taken that challenge up a few times a few times i would have to say i mean yeah personal or public and private duties uh disastrous effects sure you know i'm not I can't recall a specific time, but I'll, I'll just go ahead and say yes. Oh, neglecting private duties, certainly. I mean, pub- public... Yeah, no, no problem. You know, no. Let's, let's at least show up to work and see what happens. Give it a... You know, roll the dice. Yeah, roll the dice, but yeah, there have definitely been times where showing up to work was not an option, but maybe not too disastrous effect. Right. But yeah, I like that one. I, I thought that was a pretty good Things one. Things to aspire to there, Kenko. Thank you. Right. I can end with two quotes, both of which in different ways contradict what we've said so far which is fun to say in that they have not aged well i think the we'll get to this in i guess the you know formal review scoring section but i think this book has odd contradictions in it which make it i think better in fact um and not worse but anyway there here's two quotes um one of which has aged very poorly when he says that illness too often originates from the mind. Few illnesses come from without. Now in that section, that quote actually sounds great today because there's a, a nice important focus on mental health and things like that. Issues of the mind psychology. But I mm-hmm. think he was referring to like his friend had a stomach ache or something. And he's like, well, you know, it's he's just imagining. And I think in the 800 or 900 years of medical science that's occurred since then, we have definitely learned that some illnesses come from uh, from without, from outside of the body. So that, that one, I don't know if the science, if you want some hard kind of uh, physiology or some <laughs> kind of medical science here, this isn't the book. This isn't it. The other one I pulled was... Um, sort of proved his own point when he talks about there's nothing better than reading an author from a time that you didn't live in and connecting with the the author, uh, which is a weirdly pressing mm-hmm. quote when you read this collection. Um, but he says, what kind of man will feel depressed at being idle? There is nothing finer than to be alone with nothing to distract you, which is, I think, a, maybe the banner to hold up a challenge to 2019, age of media, age of distractions. Um, cell phones, tablets, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Let me do the normal punnet thing of like blaming that all of our problems on that. I won't do that. But I think that's an important quote sure. to just put it, put a nice contrast or a nice challenge up to people who have a hard time being alone or at least not. I mean, cause you can be alone with your phone pretty easily. Being idle, I think is a different, different topic. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, you, the weird thing about 2019 is like you can be alone but at the same time you're still connected to 
hundreds of people or maybe thousands. So it's like a, I would say it's probably a lot different type of like aloneness, (laughs) if that makes sense. But um, yeah, I thought that was a good one to pull. It's like, yeah, you have to, uh, you have to sort of cherish that and be comfortable with it. You know, there's like, what's, you know, what's better than that? Just having to take it easy and just sit and reflect, I suppose. Yeah, really. I mean, when you, when you think you're alone, but you surround yourself with information from any source, which is what we do better nowadays than anything else. We just inundate, flood ourselves with information and stimulus basically. And I mean, I'm as guilty of it as anyone. I'll, you know, do a hundred different information dumps in a day from a hundred different angles. But, I mean, you really do deny yourself idle time, which uh, some people don't value anymore. Some people call it spacing out or call it distractedness or I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a thing worth thinking about, and he really presses on that. And I like the quote. I think being – it's kind of like when students I have will say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm really bored at home. And it's like, well, use the boredom to your advantage and just think about, I don't know, yourself, your interests, your – I just place. Yeah. I don't yeah. just use that. Yeah. It's okay to be bored. It's not the worst use thing. Use that time to, yeah. Yeah. There are far, you know, there are worse things, I suppose. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a good one. Any other quotes that jumped out to you that you want to pull? Um, Let's see which, which else I pulled here. Oh, the, there was one on page 33 that I liked, and it was like, um, talking about (laughs) this quote leads into another good line i think but he says um the man of quality never appears entranced by anything he savors things with a casual air country bumpkins however take flamboyant pleasure in everything (laughs) i thought that was a i thought that was a good little good little visual there that reads to me to be a rather positive quote or complimentary toward the bumpkins but i don't maybe i'm just overreading the word flamboyant but now i'm i'm picturing the modern day version of that and i I don't know what it would be maybe people trying to think of like maybe an overexcitable crowd on black friday you know like letting the bumpkins out to just tackle each other over HDTVs or something like that. I'm not sure if that's the uh, the perfect connection or anything, but I think that might be the comparison I'm thinking of. Um, that's a good one, a good one to end on. Let's jump to author to author. This is the section where we connect our previous reading to this week's reading. Uh, last week we had Walt Whitman with a collection from Leaves of Grass, not Blades of Grass, which I really wanted to say um do you want to start this one off did you see any connections between them find anything worth talking about between these two authors uh man i found a ton with these i feel like uh kenko and walt whitman could uh they could definitely sit under a tree and maybe share sake maybe not but have a ton to discuss i feel like it might be slow to start with slow burner but i feel like they would uh they would cover a wide range and i feel like there would be some commonalities there certainly i found this one fascinating though i need to stop i think that's become my refrain for this section which is oh man how interesting you know it's like always a good connection (laughs) i just like comparing it's a great segment i just like connecting authors uh, and you know having their ideas just uh talk to each other i suppose it just interests me but I think 
Yeah, I think Kenko comes off as a much harsher, almost critic of the way people live. He's a little more critical of different lifestyles. He at one point, yeah. I think I marked this quote, I didn't read it in the quote section, but he talks about how the worst thing a man can ever do is get married, which sounds yeah, maybe I was going to pull that one too. It sounds a little cynical when you first hear yeah. it, um, but in fact, when you read it, and you read his complaints about marriage, it's mostly, it sounds like arranged marriage, one, and then two, marriage for financial stability, and he's yeah. just skeptical of that. So, anyway, again, it's been about 900, 800 yeah. years. So, and, you know, some things have changed. Um, yeah, I agree. I just find him willing to be more of a kind of the flamethrower role, just indiscriminately destroying, you know, any person who does not adhere to his worldview. I think Whitman would be kind of a gentler soul in a way that we talked last week. That might be a little mm, complicated. Yeah. I think he could. Yeah. I think Whitman, you know, kind of rejoices more in the thought of it all. And I think Kenko, yeah, he definitely is like, man, well, when it's good, it's good. But also like, if you can't understand that, then you're like less of a human. That's like, uh, that was kind of the Kenko vibe. So they, I don't know. I feel like they they would be able to. I think they compare and contrast well. They both rejoice in the now of everything, of living in the moment. Kenko way more so. Who talks about how if you don't if you don't enjoy this moment, then you may as well be dead, essentially, or you know, you're then you're doing nothing yeah. but um, yeah, guaranteeing exactly. that death will d- really disappoint you. And I think Whitman would maybe in not those terms or language, but he also is just a you know he wants just to bask in all of the world all of humanity and i think i mean whitman's just so he goes so broad and sweeps so widely sometimes his poetry kind of feels sometimes like out of control in an odd fun way and i kenko just Mm, talks about much more specific things which makes the styles a, a good contrast basically oh yeah yeah totally can totally conflicting or not conflicting contrasting styles and i think yeah kenko's uh, very straightforward. Where Whitman, you know, he could he could dance around, <laughs> beat around the bush all day, and just you know, write about one thing, just kind of lament on it. But I feel like yeah, Kenko's a bit more to the point, very simple. But that kind of made it more not easier, but like I, you're just able to process it faster, and things just like hit you quicker. And I think that's something that I enjoyed actually about this one. You know, he has stylistically a lot in common with, and certainly not tonally or topically, well, kind of topically anyway, he has a lot in common with Nietzsche, who he read a while ago, just in terms of the brevity of, and again, it could just be the way Penguin cut these collections, but just in the brevity of some of the little mini, I mean, they're not really like aphorisms, but very brief one to two page uh, pick a topic, here's an example, here's my belief philosophy on it, and then kind of jumping to the next one. And it works really well, especially in a, you know, Mm 50-ish page collection. Yeah, I think so. And that's also something interesting to think about. It's like, you know, this might not best represent, or actually I guess you would kind of want it to, but represent their, you know, their views, their, you know, beliefs or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that's, uh, it's kind of why we came up with the segment, I think, to, <laughs> to have that type of, uh, comparison. This was, yeah, this was one of the best ones so far, I think. Yeah. Let's Which, put them, let's know. put them all in conversation. If we're spending all this time with them, let's, uh, let's see how they converse with one another. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, well put. Exactly. 
finally, we're wrapping this thing up with ratings as always. Uh, a one, we have a simple three-point scale. A one means do not read this. You're busy. You got a lot of media to consume. We get it. Just skip it. Two means maybe yeah, read it. Phone. Yeah, two means maybe read it if X, Y, Z. And then three is pretty much read it no matter what. This is a must read. Go ahead, Ryan. You can start us off. What are you rating this and why? This, similar to the Whitman, uh, I have to give it a three. I felt like every story, every little, you know, every page, every other page at least had something really insightful, kind of kind of timeless, um, deep, whatever, relevant. Yeah, I thought it, it, it was it was as good as it gets, I think, for these uh, types of short stories and meditation. So I went solid three, three stumps. I'm also a three. We've found a couple of agreements lately in our ratings. I think you... We, yeah, we've been we've been kind. Yeah, I think no matter but who... But the reading has been good. Right, right. And that's what counts. It's been intriguing stuff. And I think stylistically, we mentioned this already, but it's a good contrast to last week, also a three from us. I think if you go and find Kenko's major work, which is, I'm not going to pronounce the name, but it's called Essays and Idleness. That's the translation. I think that's what all of this was taken from. That seems to be his major work. I don't think you'll be let down by it. I don't know how long it is compared to this little collection we have, but I found so much of it relevant, intriguing, again, at times contradictory and just odd. I mean, which I think makes it a little bit more compelling. He's pretty open and honest. He also, at some point early in the collection, I remember this, basically wrote down something like, eh, no one's ever going to read this ever, so what am I doing? You know, like, why am I reading this or why am I writing this if no one's ever going to read it? Which is just a fascinating thing to think about now. So you made it, 900 years, Kanko, congrats. And yeah, I think... To me, it's a total three. I mean, I couldn't be more thrilled to recommend this, and it's such a contrast last week, which feels cool. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So let's do a preview for next week. Um, Next week is an author whose name I'm not going to try and pronounce right off the top because I just looked at it for the first time. But the title of it is called How to Use Your Enemies. Yeah, I'm going to try and pronounce it. I think it's Baltazar Gracian. Gracian. Mm. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, strong. Baltazar. Yeah. How to Use Your Enemies sounds a lot less chill than uh, a cup of sake beneath the cherry trees. Uh, Yeah. I cannot think of a thing your enemies would want you to do more than just sit beneath a cherry tree and drink sake. So I don't think these guys are going to have much to to recommend (laughs) that is similar. Well, that's going to be a pretty... That sets us up nicely for the uh, author to author next week. That should be one uh, one tasty segment next I think week. As a, as a prediction, I was just thinking of these Kanko quotes I was flipping back through, and I was rereading some things, and I forgot to mention in the review section or the quotes... He's not a nihilist, but he definitely thinks life is too random to try and take any control. At some point, he says a quote. I'm going to actually pull it because of how extreme it is. Here it is. <laughs> it, it's just it just it cracks me. I think again it's a great perspective for 2019 though one that many people would probably find infuriating he says if you rely neither on yourself nor on others you will rejoice when things go well and not be aggrieved when they don't so I, I don't know if any way to use your enemies is don't do anything and don't try anything and yeah. don't trust anyone not even yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty fantastic one. He's like, well, we expected the worst, and the worst happened, so we're not surprised, and that's that's how it goes. 
it reminds me of i think it's forgiving sarah marshall the movie that it's from but when he says don't do anything he's trying to teach him how to surf and he's like don't do anything <laughs> and so he does nothing and he's the guy responds well i mean you have to do something you know but i think kenko <laughs> kenko's big on the ride or die don't do anything don't do it you don't worry about yeah. it yeah yeah that's uh that sounds about right you got to control the things you can control, like where your sake comes from and what cherry tree you drink it under. That's what matters. Mm. Yep, that's that's what it's all about. All right. Well, I want to cut this off, Ryan, because I have a monumental editing task ahead of me. That's a little preview, a little behind-the-scenes peek <laughs> for all of our listeners out there. This, re- this recording has been turbulent. This is going to be a, a testament to all the people out there who think these things just randomly just happen and poof there's a podcast uh, a lot of toiling behind the scenes mostly to travis's uh credit and uh yeah this is this week's gonna be a doozy can't this wait one, to hear this it. one should be fascinating i may put out the raw uncut audio and then we'll however many listeners we currently have between <laughs> 13 to 20 that number is gonna plummet and drop by 50 percent if i just put this out there or who knows man maybe we go viral and it's like the craziest thing you've ever heard and boom we're sponsored by pinterest here's all i know i'm whatever decision i make i'm not going to worry about it and i'm not going to have any expectations and the world will give back to me whatever it gives and i'm not worried about it kenko and that i owe that to our three out of three man kenko so thanks kenko Here, just uh, record the outro real quick, and I can cut around it. All right, I think perfect. I think the last thing I basically said was like, you know, it'll be what it's going to be, so just take us out. <laughs> just, just ride us out of this thing. By take us out, I mean go put your fucking mic in the trash <laughs> and all the books with it. <laughs> take, us, take us out of this thing forever. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, go get a fucking, go get a garbage can and fill it with the books and lighter fluid and set it ablaze. And take us out. Oh, shit. All right, man. Hold on. Hey, hold on. Can you hear me?